Welcome to the Today in the World podcast. I'm your host, Uncle K. It is Monday, the 9th of November, 2020. Today, Trump continues to refuse to back down. The US Space Force announced last year has a new base and its very own spaceship. First bats, now minks. A quick look on the newly detected coronavirus in Denmark and new COVID-19 vaccine that is 90% effective is almost ready for rollout. Here's what you missed today in the world. So I'm going to bring you the latest on what's happening in America right now. Um, Trump is obviously having a terrible weekend, I'm sure. And he's given out a tirade of tweets, one of them being, open quote, We believe these people are thieves. The big city machines are corrupt. This was a stolen election. Best poster in Britain wrote this morning that this clearly was a stolen election, that it's impossible to imagine that Biden outran Obama in some of these states, close quote. Cases have been brought forward in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Georgia and said it would do so. And he said he would do so in Nevada as well. He continues. All of the recent Biden claimed states will be legally challenged by us for voter fraud and state election fraud. Plenty of proof. Just check out the media. We will win! Exclamation mark. America first! Exclamation mark. Close quote. Mr. Trump tweeted. So to be honest, I am quite happy that Trump is still sticking to his guns and he hasn't completely, you know, been defeated or defeated himself and just, you know, deflated because it's not the Trump that we're we're used to seeing. I'm no fan of Trump like you all know, but I don't care about who's going to be the next president. It's more just to uphold the sanctity of democracy, something which I don't think can be done under the Democrats. Trump is the only politician I've seen, to be honest, that has the the balls really to just go against the status quo, which is, you know, has both positive and negative effects, which I think we have all seen. Unfortunately for Trump, um, Michigan and Georgia lawsuits have been rejected and judges express scepticism at the merits of the claims. The lawsuits filed since Tuesday could be just the beginning of weeks of protracted litigation, but their ultimate significance will come down to whether the eventual vote margin is very close. What's also very interesting to me about this whole situation is other world leaders' reaction to seeing Trump being called as the election winner. This article I've got from politico.com, it reads, Europe ready to take on more responsibility. Reporting from Berlin, Germany and Europe are ready to contribute more to the transatlantic relationship, Chancellor Angela Merkel said Monday following Joe Biden's US presidential election victory. Speaking in Berlin, Merkel said, We Germans and Europeans know that this part in this partnership in the 21st century, we have to take on more responsibility. America is and will remain our closest ally, but it expects more from us, and rightly so, Merkel said. We are working on it. Now, obviously, I love to actually look into the specifics of things. I love to understand the mechanics, but having the time to do so is a whole different situation in itself. But in this episode, I'm actually putting out an appeal because I have no idea what she actually means when she says America expects more from us and rightly so. Like, seriously, what was she talking about? I look at this as like some form of arse licking, some political arse licking. You know, excuse my French, but I want to be quite clear in how I feel about the situation, you know. It just sounds like, you know, I'm ready to take some more orders, boss, and, you know, continue this weird controlling of the world phenomenon that we are all basically witnessing through this implementation of law surrounding health, our information media, economics, environmental health, all of that kind of stuff, you know. But I really don't know specifically what she's referring to. So if anyone does have any more insight in this, um, hit me up.
The article from Political continues. It says, The Chancellor made no reference to Donald Trump, whose relationship with Merkel and Germany was notably fractious. Trump publicly criticised Merkel, criticised Berlin for not spending more on defence and complained about Germany's trade surplus with the US. Open quote. The United States of America and Germany, as part of the European Union, must stand together in order to face the great challenges of our time, close quote, Merkel said, listing the pandemic, climate change, the fight against terrorism and free trade as key topics. Putin, on the other hand, won't congratulate Biden until legal procedures are settled. Another European country, Russia, doesn't have quite the same outlook as Merkel. This article is coming from Politico again. Open quote. Anticipating your possible question about Putin congratulating the US president-elect, I want to say the following. We consider it correct to wait for the official summing up of the results of the election, Putin's spokesperson Dmitry Peskov told reporters according to Interfax, the Russian news agency. Russia has sought to amplify President Donald Trump's claims of widespread election fraud with the head of Russia's Central Election Commission, Ella Pamphilova, emphasizing that she had she has prohibited all voting by mail because of the risk of cheating. He added, there are no official results yet. To be honest, I am getting a little bit bored on the subject, though, you know, I believe that the whole system in America and the UK is especially overdue for some huge fundamental changes. This is just like one of those chapters in the story that that already, you know, we're going through the, the changes already. These These are just the chapters whereby we see the changes happening, you know, because America, the UK, it, nothing is really going to be the same. Again, look, there's, there's so much stuff in our political world, our economic world, policies are changing, the world is changing, do you know what I mean? So this, these are just one of the fundamental changes that come with it. Whoever um, is going to be the leader in this climate isn't going to be able to save us from whatever we're scared of, you know what I mean? Whether that's terrorists, COVID, overzealous police or scary orange man that says racist things there ain't no policy or no political leader that can solve these issues for us the biggest thing i think that we can do is to get some political awareness on the subjects and to just become a little bit more politically influential as a people rather than as letting these institutions do it or the government do it you know everyone making decisions for us we need to be that political influence on these these um these governments you know, so that we can create the pressure to, to change things, basically. Politicians aren't going to do this job for us. So, yeah, I'm only really reporting on this now because I think people care. But going forward, I'm going to be a lot more UK-focused because that's where most of my listeners are and I want to report on things that can actually help us move forward with these tyrannical laws that are being imposed on us at the moment. Every major bank will have exposure to Bitcoin, says renowned fund manager Bill Miller. Headline coming from Bitcoin News. Veteran investor Bill Miller says that all major banks, investment banks and high net worth firms will eventually have some exposure to Bitcoin or something like it. He said that Bitcoin staying power is getting better every day. Bill Miller founded Miller Value Partners and currently serves as its chairman and chief investment officer. He manages the opportunity, equity and income strategy portfolios. While noting that the price of Bitcoin has been very volatile, the famed investor believes that the cryptocurrency's staying power gets better every day and the risk of it going to zero are much, much lower than they've ever been before. Miller also told CNBC on Friday, I would say people who don't have exposure to Bitcoin, I would strongly recommend at current prices that they do that. 
Bill Miller is not the only hedge fund manager who understands the value of investing in Bitcoin. Paul Tudor-Jones also re recently revealed that he also sees a massive upside in Bitcoin, having invested about 2% of his portfolio in the cryptocurrency. Jones and MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor compared investing in Bitcoin to investing in early tech stocks such as Google, Facebook, Apple and Amazon. Talking about Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, etc. I've got a new article from Activist Pulse, though you can find these numbers that I'm about to quote anywhere. The title reads, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Facebook and Twitter published 37% quarterly increase. Operating profits almost double last year's. The superstar of the night was by all measures Amazon, which broke all of its own records set last quarter. The total revenues reached $96.1 billion, up by 37%, while the operating profit almost doubled last year's level to reach $6.2 billion. The net income growth was even more astonishing. It trebled last year's amount to reach $6.3 billion. Now, although the profit margin of 6% may look modest, it is probably worth remembering that for many years, even after it turned profitable, Amazon had been used to operating on margins around 1%. AWS continued to shine. The cloud business contributed 12% of revenue, but generated 57% of operating profit. I mean, just my personal opinion here, Amazon are not even interested in making a profit at this point. They're way more interested in taking over their competitors' markets, and they are literally just throwing money at research and development projects 24-7. If you look at what they're doing with Amazon Prime or with their drone services, um, yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just literally looking to take over at this point. Not in necessarily a negative way, but that's what they're doing. Once you start making these ridiculous amounts of money, who cares about profit? They're, they're, they're helping the world the way they see it. Um, Jeff Bezos focused his canned remarks on Amazon's social contribution. He says, open quote, two years ago, we increased Amazon's minimum wage to $15 for a full-time, part-time, temporary and seasonal employees across the US and challenged other large employers to do the same. Best Buy and Target have stepped up and we hope other large employers will also make the jump to $15. Now would be a great time, said Bezos. So again, there we have it. Amazon clearly not interested in making profits at this point or clearly not interested in talking about how much better your company is doing with those profits or with the business. You know, making money, that's all targets. Bezos is now interested in improving the quality of life for the average American, it seems. What does this look like to you? To me, it might look like a little bit of technocracy in the making, maybe. If you don't know what technocracy is, it's an ideological system of governance in which a decision maker or makers are elected by the population or appointed on the basis of their expertise in a given area of responsibility, particularly with regard to scientific or technical knowledge. Big companies like Amazon making important decisions about citizens' lives is not a very far-fetched idea. As far as we can see here, it might be much closer to our reality than we might currently realize. So the companies, these companies um, that I've quoted, Amazon, Apple, Google, etc., they're making tons of money at a time where companies are literally going broke due to the laws surrounding coronavirus restrictions and lockdowns. And I'm not pointing any fingers here and I'm not trying to form your opinion. You make of it what you will. But I, oft I often hear conspiracy theorists debating mainstream media personalities on YouTube and whatnot about the craziness that we're basically seeing going on in the world right now, politically, economically, etc. 
And the mainstream narrative often asks when confronted with, you know, so-called conspiracy theorists, you know, they would say things like, you know, who benefits? Who benefits? Why would the, why would we want to do that to our world? Who benefits? Well, at least we know who's benefiting now. Space Force created an orbital warfare unit and it has its own spaceship. Article from Futurism. It's not exactly a TIE fighter or X-Wing from the Star Wars franchise, but the Drive reported last week that the Space Force is now in charge of the experimental X-37B spacecraft. The X-37B, previously under the control of the Air Force, is a secretive uncrewed space plane that's been flying space missions since 2010. There's even been a speculation that it may have already carried or even tested weapon systems into orbit. The US military's push to use orbit as a warfighting domain, alongside other world powers including India, Russia and France, is both an inexorable slog towards that reality and an ominous repudiation of the tradition of space as a peaceful scientific zone. Just to add to this, bear in mind that there's an active international outer space treaty that bans the stationing of weapons of mass destructions in outer space. It also prohibits military activities on celestial bodies and details legally binding rules governing the peaceful exploration and use of space. I'm not necessarily saying that the treaty um, for, you know, says that the Space Force and their projects are not allowed, but you know how it is. We just have to remind ourselves of the law before the law gets bent and remolded to suit the purposes of these entities rather than actually being used for the benefit of us, the people. In relation to that article, I also have another article from Activist Post, which goes into a little more detail about the new lab that's been created for this project. The new lab facility is located at Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico and is called Deployable Structures Laboratory, DESEL, D-E-S-E-L. The official doctrine, according to its founding NASA and DOD memos, include responsibilities of developing military space systems and doctrine, as well as presenting space forces to support the warfighting combatant commands. The new lab where experimental technologies will be developed was constructed at a bargain $4 million and began in December 2019. Among the projects it's expected to assist on includes work on eight wide field of view ballistic missiles, early warning satellites that primarily SpaceX and L3 Harris Technologies will be building after they were awarded huge contracts in July. Great day for science and humanity. Pfizer says COVID-19 vaccine more than 90% effective in final trials. Article from RT. The finding was the result of the first independent analysis of any COVID-19 vaccine in phase three trials, the final stage before commercial licensing. The study found that 94 participants who received the two-dose vaccine were protected against the disease 28 days after first inoculation. The American firm developed the jab along with Germany's BioNTech. The efficacy rate is significantly above the 50% effectiveness required by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for a coronavirus vaccine. Just to add a comment there, that shouldn't even be a target. 50% should not be a target. 
hitting above that is not an achievement. That really should be an expectation. So, you know, US FDA administration, whatever they're called, um, that's not very good of you there, buddy. In the US, Pfizer expects to seek broad emergency use authorization of the vaccine for people aged 16 to 85. To secure this, it will need to have collected two months of safety data on around half of the study's roughly 44,000 participants. Interestingly, though, the company did not share precise detail on how many of those who fell ill received the vaccine. Pfizer and BioNTech have a $1.95 billion contract with the US government to deliver 100 million vaccine doses beginning this year. The companies have also reached supply agreements with the EU, the UK, Canada and Japan. There is legal free framework, sorry, just to add this legal framework created also that I just have to add that actually protects these vaccine companies for being held liable for their vaccines. I have to add that because I can't rely on anyone else to tell you, though a lot of people probably do know this. But I'm just going to quote something that I was just looking at today from the government website. Um, this is the UK I'm talking about now. So Article 5 of Directive 2001-83 requires that member states lay down provisions so that marketing authorization holders, manufacturers, and health professionals are not subject to civil or administrative liability for any consequences resulting from the use of an unauthorized medicinal product. The requirement is implemented into UK law by Regulation 345. What Regulation 345 does, therefore, is transpose into UK law a requirement of EU law that key actors in the medicine supply chain cannot generally be sued in civil courts for the consequences resulting from the use of an unlicensed product or a new use of a licensed product that a national licensing authority is recommending in order to deal with certain special health threats. The UK government therefore proposes to clarify the legislation by putting the pharmaceutical company responsible for placing unlicensed products on the market on the same footing as manufacturers of unlicensed products. This will help give companies willing to cooperate in the sort of mass vaccination program under consideration for COVID-19 or mass distribution of treatments in other situations, some assurance that they will not be exposed inappropriately to civil liability. So I just you literally copied and pasted just to show you guys a little bit of um, what the law is behind these actual vaccines. I definitely recommend for people to really look into this stuff because it's very important for us all to understand what is being proposed. Because at the moment, what you're going to hear from the mainstream media, it's going to be packaged and, you know, everything's going to look very neat and tidy. Everything's tested. Everything's done. You know, nothing to worry about. This is going to save the world. But when you look at the detail, when you look at the small print, there is a completely different story that's actually being told. And, you know, just to add on top of that, it should also be known that vaccine companies have been sued for billions, do you know what I mean, in terms of the payouts that they've had to, 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 to pay to um, the victims of their crimes, basically, for people that have had ridiculous side effects, for mothers that have lost children or had severe side effects um from vaccines i'm not going to get into detail about what the side effects could be or the specifics of any of it it's all literally online and i'm doing that to protect myself to be honest because these pharmaceutical companies 
they got a pretty penny and they can pay to destroy your life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, go and look into it. This is not something that everyone's um, shouting and screaming about from, from the rooftops. You know, this is something that you should really just, just look into because it's not going to be told to you, you know? And on that, I know Boris Johnson is probably, at the time of recording, I think he's actually speaking to people right now, trying to see what he's saying, but it's nothing that this article doesn't really cover. Um, he might add some pretty stuff in there so that people have a little bit of hope for the future. But I would just like to add that as a UK citizen, I don't think that we should even be considering taking any kind of vaccine unless we are allowed to hold the people accountable that make the vaccine, that distribute the vaccine, that are telling us that the vaccine is going to save our lives. All these people need to be held to account if something goes wrong with it. To, to, to not do that is ridiculously crazy to me. Like, it's actually insane. Like, sometimes I feel like an alien the way that people are, you know, just consenting to all of these ideas. It's literally ridiculous. The law, the laws in general have been created to protect us from immoral behavior. Now, what I feel like um, the vaccine, the pharmaceutical companies are trying to do by putting in these limitations where we can't hold them accountable is it's literally, it's literally like the law is now being used to just protect people who behave immorally from being called to account, you know? The laws are supposed to protect the people. They're not supp supposed to protect the gangsters and the criminals. And uh, Do you know what I mean? We're, we're flipping the script right now. We need to go back to the, how it was originally planned. UK bans all visitors from Denmark over mink, mutant, coronavirus scare. Another one from RT. The British government has denied entry to all visitors from Denmark over concerns they may be infected with a new strain of COVID-19. The new virus variant, which had spread through mink farms, has been detected in 214 people. We have a great responsibility towards our own population, but with the mutation that has now been found, we have an even greater responsibility for the rest of the world as well. Prime Minister Met Fred Derrickson told reporters on Wednesday, according to the Washington Post. Authorities found that the new virus strains showed lower sensitivity to antibodies, the mutated virus in mink may pose a risk to the effectiveness of a future vaccine, the Prime Minister said. It is very, very serious, Frederickson noted. Thus, the mutated virus in minks can have devastating consequences worldwide. Lab test findings have been shared with the World Health Organization and the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. To be honest, there isn't a lot of information right now about this virus other than it's a mutation of the original virus and comes from minks, but more details will follow. My initial reading into this, it was like, you know, it just felt like, I guess we didn't take COVID-19 seriously enough. What's that saying? If at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. Thousands gather across the UK to denounce national lockdown. This article is coming from Activist Post because, of course, it's not a Black Lives Matter riot or protest, so it is not going to get any coverage that it deserves, but I will continue. So Activist Post, they say, nearly three days into the lockdown on Sunday, anti-lockdown protesters flooded the streets in several cities, denouncing the latest round of restrictions. The new measures have been introduced to mitigate the second wave of the virus pandemic, leading to record daily caseloads in the country. 
People are now confined to their home for a month except for essential travel. All non-essential businesses have been closed, along with pubs and restaurants. Three days into the new restrictions, anti-lockdown protesters rallied in Liverpool and Manchester on Sunday, creating a stir as they scuffled with police. A video published by the Rupsley Video Agency shows thousands of demonstrators marching across Liverpool, defying a ban on rallies as they chanted, shame on you and choose your side. So nothing really for me to add to this, apart from this is what you can expect when you continuously ignore people's concerns over where this virus is coming from and what the government is doing about it, etc. There have been mentions about your car insurance being invalid if you don't have a good excuse to be out of the house, though I have to stress that this could only really be done if you go through the court system to prove that it was illegal for you to be out of your house at the time, something which I don't think most police out on the beat are really going to do. You know, not that I'm encouraging you to get out of your house or to drive around your car and make unnecessary journeys. I'm just saying, you know, don't be fooled. Look into these things a little bit closer. Speak to your car insurance company. Don't make your judgments be formed from what the mainstream narrative is saying, because that will be the start of your demise. Police can't just seize your car because you shouldn't be at home. And I would be very shocked if this was the case. It's quite important. So I will be looking out for more of this news regarding this. So we're all clued up. But I wish I had more time. But that's all I've got for today. Um, I'm going to be back here tomorrow evening with your news for the day. Take it easy.